This week on the podcast, stop motion animation goes straight to hell. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric will join me for a conversation about a new work from legendary animator Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett, who was responsible for the Tauntauns and the chess game in Star Wars and Robocop and Jurassic Park. He's, he's a big deal in animation, and apparently he has too much time on his hands. He's got nothing to do all day to do it, and nowhere to go and all night to get there and as a result he made this movie called Mad God and after watching it uh, we wonder if he's not crazy uh, we wonder if he's sane at all uh, we've watched Mad God and honestly it, it's it's hard to believe such a calamity you'll see um, check us out after the fresh shit where we talk about all the more recent stuff we've been watching and doing. And if you want to reach out to us, as always, just go to our webpage, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. And there you'll find a link to our Twitter, which is at maghuge. Or you can find links to our Facebook or Instagram, where the, where the Magnificently Huge podcast. And a link to email us, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. As always, we're trying to grow the show. Please. Share it on your social media feeds, rate it on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and strap in for another show! Alright. <laughs> Let's the do the introductions. <laughs> okay. I'm Eric. Hey, Eric. This is Chris. Hey, Chris. This is Brian. Hey. And hey, welcome, Brian, everyone. This this is an this is a very special episode of the Magnificently Huge podcast. Uh, the reason it's a very special episode is I believe this is the first time in the many years we've done this show where all three members of the team have not actually really watched the movie we're going oh, to discuss oh, in oh, the main section. No, no, no. Yeah. I put in as much time on this fucker no. as I could. I <laughs> I uh, we'll get into it. I actually we'll get into it. I actually finished it. But it took me like oh, three well, tries. So okay. yeah, <laughs> we're we're kind of we're kind of burying the lead a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably take up most of the time on this show with our segment where we talk about what's new, what we've been watching, what we've been doing. It's called the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. And this week, I'm talk telling you about season three of The Boys, because it's fucking awesome. I haven't started okay? yet. Okay? I haven't started yet. Okay. I I'm haven't started yet either. I want I'm to. Not gonna, I'm not going to ruin anything, but I am going to tell you, in my opinion, it's the best season so far. A lot of these shows, they, oh. get, like, they get run down over time, and it's like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. This show, every season, is better than the one before it. And this season, I'm, there are so many parts of this where I was laughing out loud or saying, oh, shit, like out loud to yeah. myself because I was so blown away by this show. Interesting. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Bill the Butcher is so fucking over the top. It is, it is really his season. It is so fucking great. How's, uh, how's Huey, oh. though? Did they give him enough to work with? They do. And they actually give him an interesting sort of issue this season okay without going into it okay um it, it's yeah i'll uh well, basically make it look like billy the butcher has powers now oh okay then let me say that the the macuffin for the season is temporary uh, uh v oh okay yeah they and, set that up at the end of the second season if i remember correctly okay yeah okay and uh so yes yeah, some some characters will have powers some of the time with consequences and it's <laughs> yeah yeah there's oh my god i want I, I i want us to do a show on this show at some point we so did I can get your like guys full take i mean season three okay. so i can get your full take on hero gasm the annual superhero orgy yeah i keep reading about that <laughs> and then and then they sort they sort of one up it as well because the new harley quinn se season is out 
on HBO Max, and they talk about there's an episode in there that rivals Herogasm, if not surpasses it. So I'm con- intrigued by these uh, these shows and their their tech. Our on comic these. books and our porn are crossing over. You got your chocolate <laughs> in my peanut butter. <laughs> well, whoa, that's that's a whole other fetish thing, sir. That's a whole other fetish. Yep. Thing. So did you did have As you finished? It was meant to be. Have you finished the series? Uh, I did. Okay. How long did I, it take uh, you? I uh like two nights really i mean you, i was just you like blew through it okay I, every every time i finished an episode i was like oh oh more more i basically had to stop for a night because you know i had to sleep but uh yeah i just cracked out on this and Interesting. i'm not really one for cracking out on shows anymore i don't do that i yeah. I, I don't usually care enough I just had so much fun with this. I, 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 so, I am so unapologetic in my love for this show. It is so fucking violent. It is, and it doesn't care. I love a show that is so fucking violent and just goes for it and says, yeah, that's the show you're watching, asshole. Yeah. We're really violent. I love the fact that the, the show is super violent and gross, but it's not even anywhere near what the comic book is. If that... <laughs> if that's believable to you the comic book is so over the top at times you're just like ooh, ooh, i don't know if i can keep reading this so it's it's nice i've read comic books that. though that are that heavy you know yeah. it's like it doesn't surprise me because yeah. a comic book you can kind of do whatever you want yeah but the idea that they would adapt something into you know like and retain even a tenth of that right you know? yeah just and it's not even just the violence it's who gets it and why and how? And you're just so happy when it happens. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> well, it's on the list. It's actually near the top. I know I lament all of the abundance of shit out there right now, but uh, but it's definitely coming up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 definitely one I got to get around to as well. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that they didn't jump the shark. I was really worried they were jumping the shark. What I'm hearing is no. Yeah. When, yeah, when, when, when the the sort of temporary powers break, I kind of had the same thought. Oh shit, this is dumb. But then you realize, no, no, no. It's it's not it's not jumping the shark. It's Bill the Butcher is so crazed in his need for revenge, he will really do anything. And <laughs> so him having temporary powers actually makes perfect sense. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Okay. All right, so the boys, Eric wants to talk about it more, but we can't because he doesn't want to spoil it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I've told you as, as much as I care to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. also, uh, last yesterday, uh, Modest Mouse was playing live in uh, oh. Portland, and we had tickets to go see them, and it was great because actually my, my, my wife had an upset stomach, so we didn't have to go. Nice. Uh, that's that's kind that. of the way I am now. At my age, I'm so happy when I don't have to go somewhere. Yeah. Have you, I know I've asked you this before, but have, <laughs> have you ever watched a uh, Baroness von Sketch ever? No. Which is no. the. I have. I've been watching it <laughs> off of your recommendation it's, recently. There's some really good ones in there, but there's a whole uh, sketch they do, which is the middle aged women in line for the festival. And when they get up to buy the tickets, they're buying like the various passes. Like, well, what does this level get us? It's like, well, uh, that gets you access to the porta potty that's on the other side of the festival grounds that you have to wander <laughs> through, and it's shit like that. And then the, finally, the woman's like, well, what's the best package? You like the most expensive platinum package, whatever you have. And they're like, oh, that's like six hundred dollars. And we actually let you go home through an Uber that we provide, and then we give you. Uh, a feed that you can watch at home and then we give you this certificate <laughs> to show that you were actually there and we give you images that you can post on your social feeds to show that you were there. She's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> and then it's so doing After festivals. doing Cruel yeah. World, I get it. Yeah, it's so yeah. doing festivals in your, your 50s. It's awesome. So yeah. good on you, sir. So you, you missed Modest Mouse, but you don't care. Not particularly. Okay. I mean, I didn't thank you for a Modest Mouse fan anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think next weekend we're going to another show that I've been informed we're actually going to go to. But, oh, yeah? Um, okay. I can't remember who it is. Oh, yeah, Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand, uh, where worse. hopefully they will do some of their new Sparks stuff. Yeah. But you could do worse. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll keep you surprised. Yeah. That's funny, because when you said Modest Mouse, I had take me out in the in my head 
which is a Franz Ferdinand song. <laughs> and I'm going, no, I know that's not the Maddest Mass yeah. song, but it's so uh, similar. Anyway. That's you um, telling the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm grooving on your vibes, Eric. Word. Uh, okay. So that's all I got. You, you, you hit it now. Tell me about your amazing lives. Oh God. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll go to all of the music-based things that I did go to do. Um, first of all, this was scheduled before it was relevant, but I went to a weekend showing, they were showing Grease at the local Harkins. And I haven't seen Grease since, like, I don't know, you know 1980 or something You know like Olivia that. Newton-John is dead, right? Well, that's why it was suddenly oh, relevant. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. We had we had tickets for the thing that was going to happen, and then she died like a few days before we went. <laughs> Bitch. So, so Eric, I know this one is one of those musicals that like I think your sister made you watch it a lot of times, and you yeah. and you really like it, Grease. Yeah. So I'm coming at this really having not seen it since childhood. Yeah. And and first of all, I need to apologize to my mother for listening, having to listen to the Grease soundtrack to have her like. <laughs> You know, nine-year-old kid blasting all this horny, horny shit, like, all over I, the house for it's, years. It's hard to overstate how ubiquitous that was back in 1978, though, right? I mean, it yeah. was just fucking everywhere, and yeah. you couldn't escape it. It was just strange. Even as a kid, I was like, well, I don't understand what's going on. So, yeah. But but watching it, you know, watching it, it, it was part of that 50s nostalgia thing that was happening in the late 70s, early 80s, right? It was, yeah. you know, as a piece with American Graffiti and Happy Days and, and that sort of stuff. And, um, but man, oh man, is the sexism like right? just front and center. Yeah. In this it's <laughs> uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. It, it, hasn't aged well from that perspective folks uh, i mean there is a definite in tell me more there is a definite uh date rape reference yeah. that is done as a laugh that i've always been like what yeah like, oh i mean not just in tell me more the entire song sandy follows a date rape attempt like john travolta yeah. just jumps on her and she's like i'm not that kind of girl and throws his ring and leaves and then immediately after that he's like i sit and wonder why I, you left me and it's like dude you just tried to date rape her like five <laughs> minutes ago <laughs> yeah right um it's See? not hard to figure yeah. out but it's sandy yeah he keeps doing that a lot too <laughs> i think yeah it might have also been the age that you know because i think like my my dad thought greece was awesome he lived it and so Hey, fuck! For all I know, yeah, you 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 listen to stories of your how your grandparents met, and I guarantee you it involves yeah. some form of date rape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, but like, a, but as a kid, that that even, I, that didn't he even... kept he kept pawing at me, and I kept saying no, and then he just gave me a couple of drinks, and uh, well, then we had your mother. Yeah. Well, as a kid, those <laughs> yeah. all that shit was yeah you know, over the head. What always bothered yeah. me as a child, and even into the rest of my adulthood for Greece was like Stockard Channing as Rizzo is like 34 or something in the, like as an actress. <laughs> Actually, she's not, she's, she's not. If you look it up, she was like in her early twenties. No, she, at that point no, she wasn't. She was born in 1944, sir. She was like 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so well, everybody looks way too old. That's yeah. And that was and always Stockard Channing yeah. looked the same for like 15 years. Yeah. I mean, she she sort of held up, and then she just went away, and then yeah. she looked like a mom. So it was just funny. But when you look at the, the the age she was when she made it versus when the movie was set, she was actually a teenager for real <laughs> during the time that the movie should have been set. So it's always been sort of just well, odd to me. She she is the absolute best thing in the movie. Right? Yeah. She fucking rules. Yeah, yeah totally. And and just. Yeah, her her signature song. Boy, talk about going over the head. I know I've heard there are worse things I can do a million times as a kid, but I didn't understand it, apparently, because yeah. I'm listening to it now. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this is amazing. It's, uh, yeah. So worst things she could do like would be to be a cock tease, is basically what she's saying here. Um, so... One more thing about the misogyny in the hand jive dance at the at the prom. There's a dance move that um, the Cha Cha character or whatever her name is 
does with her partner that is literally the dude pretending to just smack her in the face back and forth over and over and that's like a sexy hand jive dance. <laughs> well, you know. It was it was the times. Was yeah. And was her dance move before that talking too goddamn much? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, probably. But um the the other two things I want to call out, I mean First of all, I forgot Eddie Deason shows up in Greece. Yeah. Eddie Deason, oh, yeah. look at that. He's everywhere. You know? He's everywhere. Um, but, but then, of course, by far the best thing in Greece is when all of a sudden Frankie Avalon shows up and does Beauty School Dropout. Beauty School Dropout Hanging around the corner store Beauty School Dropout It's about time well, they couldn't teach you anything You think you're such a looker But no customer would go to you Unless she was a hooker What a great thing. Like, that that whole bit, showing up, making it hilarious, saying we know how stupid and silly this whole thing is, just work with us here. <laughs> right? Like, that was good. Ah. I mean, honestly, the only thing that ever sticks with me from that movie now is the when they're having the sleepover and the one girl's doing the TV commercial. Like, I'll just randomly do that from time to time, just out of nowhere. And I have no idea why. It's just that weird in, in your brain thing. But that's the only real Grease reference that I've got. Uh, so that's dumb. everybody's got that stuck in their head. Yeah. So, yeah, Grease. So. And the songs are great. Travolta's got a ton of charisma. Um, but, but but boy, it has not aged well. But that yeah, yeah. That, that fucked up wish fulfillment thing at the end where it's like he doesn't have to do dick and she gives up everything to be this like weird sex yeah, pop version yeah. of herself that he well, wants you, her to be. You I do mean, realize <laughs> you do realize that this is her uh this is her Jacob's Ladder story. Yeah, exactly. Her exactly, drowning yeah. to death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was date raped on the beach and then left for dead. Yeah. I got it. Well, got no, because she, well, she drowned. You know, she yeah. tells the story of, you know, like, like being in the water and drowning. All of this is her fantasy. And then, you know, she goes to heaven yeah. in the flying car. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's deep, man. <laughs> so yeah. All I remember is I remember. It's the best explanation there is for it ending with a flying yeah, it's goddamn better than car. The moral, it's better than the moral of the story is bitch put out. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. I just remember. I don't um, know. That's a good moral. Yeah. But I remember it's like 79 when it was uh, first airing on TV because that was always a big deal back then. Uh, it was like mm-hmm. the Sunday night movie on, I don't know, ABC or whatever. But it was competing with the the Disney Sunday night movie, which was showing 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And so I watched that, and I was super psyched. And I remember going to school Monday and wanting to talk to all my friends about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And they were like looking at me like I had five heads because I wasn't watching Grease. I just remember that very distinctly. <laughs> yeah. And it's always had kind of a chip on my shoulders. Like, fuck you guys. Fucking Grease. I mean, Grease was like one of the early blockbusters, right? It was yeah. right in between like Close Encounters and, you know, yeah, not, yeah, it was yeah. after not Star, Star Wars, Wars, but yeah, yeah, but it was, and it was a musical. It's the only musical I think that falls into that sort of early era blockbuster. Yeah, so yeah, kind of makes sense that everybody watched this thing that was ultimately just for you know girls mm-hmm. <laughs> and really inappropriate <laughs> for children. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, so the other thing, I went to two concerts since the last time we recorded, and I want to talk about both of them. And and I want to talk about the impact of the audience on your enjoyment level of a concert. So the first thing I went to was the first performance of a new tour for legendary guitarist Steve Stevens. Oh, and also the singer, the geriatric Billy Idol. Um, <laughs> and his lip. Ooh, if we can get him for the 80s cruise, that will be awesome. It, it would be great. Actually, both of these acts I'm going to describe would be fantastic on the 80s cruise. But So Billy Idol um, and, and Steve Stevens come out, and honestly, the audience was so there for them. This was a Phoenix audience. It was at the Celebrity Theater. It was in the round. The stage was rotating, and the audience just put so much energy into that room. Everybody had a freaking blast. Billy Idol's performance, eh, not as not 
not well, I mean, up to par. Steve Stevens is great. I mean, I don't know what you expect from these shows, Brian. I mean, you're going to acts where the, they're in their like fucking seventies or whatever now. So it's like I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you expect them to do other than just not fall over on stage and break a hip. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, you know, it, it it was a fun show. It was it was a fun show. Uh, I would recommend seeing it. I, I both of these acts are acts that like back in the day I would not have bothered to go to because for reasons. But yeah. I'm totally down with it now. Um, Chris, you you made a comment on my Facebook, which was like, ask for ask for your you know ask for a refund if they play Blue Highway. Yeah. And Chris, I I, I got your money back, which is nothing, um, because they did play Blue Highway. <laughs> I knew they would. I fucking hate that song but, with a passion. It's just, well, ugh. no, they 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 played everything. Okay, yeah. they played the song that they did for the end credits of Speed. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> which was actually great. Because they did the other one for uh, Adventures of Ford Fairlane, too. He had, like, the, the early I don't know, 90s maybe. Was, what was the name of that song? Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> but, look, Steve Stevens played his guitar riff from the Top Gun theme during this concert, okay? Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they dug up all the things. They did a Generation X song. Um, nice. So, yeah. Oh, it, was, it was actually How long was this show? Uh, I mean, he w- he didn't have an opening act, uh, so it was a couple hours. Damn. Oh, oh it was a cra- yeah, Cradle they, of Love. Cradle of Love was the Ford Fairlane song. They, oh, yeah, they played Cradle yeah, of, of Love. Of course they did. That was like the second thing they played. <laughs> yeah, big hit nothing creepy about the 60-year-old dude singing Cradle of Love. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. So did Billy he, Idol, yeah. And uh, he, Does he look like if, he's had some like weird plastic surgery, or is that just me? I mean... You know, so you've seen him like in the Bill, was it uh, Happy Madison? I think he was. I don't know. He was in one yeah. of those Sandler movies. Uh, oh no, no, the uh, wedding singer. The wedding singer. The wedding yeah, singer. Yeah, yeah. He, okay, yeah, and it, and you know he's got that like I've been on the road and I've been drinking a lot of booze skin. <laughs> you know that a lot <laughs> right, of rockers right. have in in that, and it's been like twenty years since that movie was made. But you know, at a at, at a stage distance, you don't care. The real question is. Was that hair or was that a wig? I mean, right. <laughs> I would love to see that documentary. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, it was a fun show. What do you do for um, a living, sir? Oh, I'm a Billy Idol's wig handler. That's my gig. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was good times. Okay. And then the other show I went and saw um, where the band was significantly better Partially because they, you know, they did a Vegas residency and then they've been touring it, and so they've got a very tight band. Uh, was Boy George and Culture Club? Nice. Did, now, did he tumble for you? He 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 did. They okay. did everything. You really want to hurt well. him? <laughs> not not really. Um, oh. These guys came out so because they were basically doing their Vegas show before they even come out on stage, they had the Culture Club overture. Okay, they had this recorded what? orchestral arrangement of a medley of Culture Club songs. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that like, plays before they take the stage. That sounds like it would be a really good ringtone. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like... But they they had a 10-piece band, right? Like They had a bunch of backing singers and drummer percussionists and multi-instrumentalists and yeah. a harmonica and you name it. And, and they played that whole thing live and it was... It was tight. How's uh, how's Boy George's pipes these days? Is he good? Pretty good, okay. actually. Okay. He's got the smarts to stay within his, you know, a pretty, pretty easy to work with range, so that yeah. he can do that. But you know, he says he's sixty-one. Yeah, and he's out there. He's not like running around the stage and dancing very hard. You know, he's he's well, he's pacing himself. He never did. If you've seen like the Karma Chameleon video or whatever, he's not like a dancer. He just sort of like shuffles and moves his hands around. That's his shtick. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? 
no, totally brought it. And the crowd, this crowd was like a hard crowd to, to rev up. Like they had their moments where they would get going, but then other times it was like the band just slayed it and the crowd is like, not giving it back and I was I was annoyed with the crowd and I'm like why didn't the Billy Idol crowd show up to this because that that would have been great I mean obviously I know why they didn't but yeah um uh-huh. they they did um and I didn't capture this you know I, I try to catch clips when I go to these shows and I didn't know they were going to do this so I didn't capture it but um they played Church of the Poison Mind but then they turned it into a medley with George Michael's I'm Your Man, you know, the if you're gonna do it, do it right, do it with me song, right? Um, and it totally works, but then I realized after I got home that you could have added Love Shack to that because they're all the same song. But anyway. Okay. Well, Culture Club, worth seeing, actually. And yeah, boy, both of these would just tear it up on the 80s cruise. I mean, no doubt. I'm telling you, Brian. One of these days, you're going to have to seek out Season 4, Episode 16 of The A-Team that features Boy George. It is the most sublime A-Team episode I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I would I would really like to thank Chris for once again finding a way to turn whatever we did into a reference to some bullshit he watched on Basic Game oh, when he it's was born. amazing. It's definitely the, Chris? the episode where they jump the shark. Yeah, Chris, you are an absolute karma comedian. Well, you know, I try. Oh, Bam. oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Hey, it's no worse than that A-Team appearance. That's all I'll say. I mean, it definitely <laughs> Chris, falls into... Chris, tr- follow that. Yeah, it's Church of the Poison Mind, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can. I haven't really been watching a lot that I think is of note. But I will say this. Uh, a while back... You, Brian, had brought up that you had seen the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard and that you yes. had enjoyed it. And I was du- yes. I was dubious. I remember being very dubious of that fact. Uh, but I had never seen either of the Hitman Bodyguard comic action opus thing, whatever, with Sam Jackson and mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Reynolds and Salma Hayek. Uh, and I just randomly watched the Hitman's Bodyguard one night. And it was enjoyable trash. I will say that. It was above par. It felt like when I watched Red for the first time with Bruce Willis and Malkovich and uh, all of them as aging spies. It had that sort of just carefree, anarchic vibe. Gotta get this this person here to do this thing to finish the movie. Uh, But I will say that Salma Hayek was a revelation in that, and I can see why they made an entire sequel centered around her character, because she oh, is oh. she is just the most foul mouth fucking, just doesn't give a shit person ever in film that I have seen in so long, <laughs> and it was so fun to watch her just cut loose because usually she's very reserved in film, and this is just like put the fucking bitch you punch you punch you and she's like just kicking the shit out of everybody <laughs> i'm like that is totally a movie and then they made the second one which is that movie and uh it's just so secondary like ryan reynolds is just there he's just window dressing i all i know is i saw the preview for the second one and i'm laughing i mean i'm watching this thing and i'm laughing at the preview and so i'm like oh i yeah. can't see this now this is all the good parts but yeah. i think it ends with the three of them getting darted and you know samuel jackson falls over and she falls over and ryan reynolds falls over face first into her butt and i was like on my (laughs) just laughing my ass off that's sort of the yeah the tenor of the humor in these things it's just there to be did you watch the second one yet chris yeah i watched it it was everything i hoped and more uh but yeah but she just she just eats the screen yeah and like, it's just throughout that whole fun to movie. watch. But the I think the funniest thing to me is that if they ever make a third one, uh, they'll definitely do it because the running gag is Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson running like driving away in some sort of chase or whatever, and then hitting something. And Ryan Reynolds doesn't have his seatbelt on, and he goes flying through the windshield and like, blah, 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 blah. 
and then gets back up. He's like, are you kidding me? They do that in the second movie as well and then do it as a callback to the first one. And so that's their thing <laughs> their thing now. It's like at some point in these movies, Ryan Reynolds is going to go through the fucking windshield. It's just so <laughs> stupid. But they've written it in. They've just baked it into the narrative now. And it's just so dumb. I mean, it's a total throwaway plot. Uh, I think it was the the first film was uh, Gary Oldman was like a some sort of Chechenian bad guy, and he got to chew a lot of basically who he played in Air Force One. Yeah, basically. Uh, And then the second one was uh, Antonio Banderas, so it was a nice Desperado reunion for him and Salma Hayek. Yeah, but he played like this totally over the top uh, Greek billionaire, and he like wore just ridiculous silk outfits and his hair was like this goofy <laughs> pompadour thing. And he just, he was so like ridiculous. Uh, they're so just stupid over the top. I was unprepared for how entertained I was. And I got to say, fuck you, Brian, for telling me that they were entertaining. Cause that made me actually go watch them. So I don't know if to thank you <laughs> oh, or punch you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you watch a fun movie? Oh, uh, against my better judgment. So yeah. Uh, but then it makes you like, what do you think the third I one? I hate is? liking trash. I can't be better than it. Boo. Well, I hate it when Brian brings him up because he'll watch literally anything these days. And so it's like, no, I, 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 I do have my limits. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, this one I was especially dubious of, and, uh, it actually turned out to be very stupidly entertaining. Uh, shit. Now I got to see it. Yeah. If you watch the second one, they do some callbacks, but, uh, you don't really need the first one to to get it yeah but i don't know. think you need to watch both but pick one the second one yeah is the more recent i guess eh, yeah it's funny but uh yeah it's, it's got just, a lot more salma hayek in it yeah it's just super jokey and it's this there to be a lark so you know quite fun so yeah i was so sure we were gonna get rid of ryan reynolds i was so sure we were done That's, with him. he's like then a, he goes and he deadpools and now yeah. we cannot yeah now he's just he's like there he's like the like hepatitis c of like handsome actors it's like every time you think <laughs> that he's done for like he pops back up and then gets a resurgence it's he's so this weird. generation's travolta yes yeah yeah agreed <laughs> So I'm, there you go. I'm fine with it. You know, I'm fine with it. I, I hated his guts until recently, but I'm, yeah, I've been worn down. I yeah. can handle Ryan Reynolds now. Well, you know, you could do worse. So yeah, the Hitman's wife's whatever. Like the third, what's the third one going to be called? Like the Hitman son's bodyguard, and then they got to bring in some I think it's going to be called the Bodyguard's Hitman or something. <laughs> yeah. but, I yeah. like... No, I like the direction you almost took there. The the hitman's bodyguards, wives, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> they'll have to. They'll like have admit to. sequel. <laughs> yeah, you know. So there you go. Watch it if you can. I think it's on HBO Max, Eric. The second one. So enjoy. Right on. The hitman, the thief, the wife, and her lover, and, the, <laughs> there, and their bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Selma Hayek's butt. Yeah, Peachy <laughs> puto. Yeah, okay. It's good. God damn All it, right. she is hot. She has never stopped being hot. She is fucking amazing. Yeah. Well, there you yeah. go. Then definitely watch this. You'll enjoy. Just saying. <laughs> Which is a, a totally up way to end going into like one of the most downer motherfucking things. Yeah, now, now the screeching <laughs> emergency brakes of the Magnificently Huge podcast go slamming in. <laughs> To Phil Tippett's Mad God. Oh, good lord. All right. I think so, proof positive that Passion Project should just never see the light of day. I don't care who you are. That's just my thinking. Yeah. So so let's be clear. Um, this is a movie that, uh, first of all, Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett, legendary animator, who was the inventor of Go Motion. He did the Tauntauns in Empire Strikes Back Ed and Rancor and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He did, yeah, he did all the RoboCop stuff, and ultimately um, Jurassic Park, although there he was more of a of a director-manager of computer animators than he was an animator himself. That was... The Phil Tippett and... Yeah. I like that that was the one that killed his dream project of uh, stop-motion yeah, animation. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, there you have it. He had, he had started making something that became Mad God in the late 80s. He'd done about three minutes of it and had a bunch of storyboards. And then, you know, had a career and had to work and didn't really work on it. And it was in 2010, I believe, 
when uh, he has a whole bunch of young guys working for him who have all been kind of just experimenting with stop-motion animation in their free time, and they hear about this project, and they're like, hey, Phil, we would like to learn how to do this stuff. Uh, you know, you worked with Harryhausen. Teach us what he taught you. And in interviews, Phil Tippett's been like, Harryhausen didn't teach anybody anything. We had to figure it out anyway. <laughs> right? yeah. um, but uh, but sure, and so it became a, I'm going to teach these guys the, the ye old art of stop-motion animation, and for the last 12 years have been doing this on the weekends, and they made this. <laughs> Which, let's be fair, so, it's a technical marvel, but that does not mean it needs to exist. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it that is, was kind of my thing. I was like, yeah, I can understand how this takes a lot of time and effort, and there's a lot of craft involved yeah. in this, but I am looking at a man walking by five giant men in giant electric chairs being electrocuted and shitting into a machine that creates, it's like, it's this weird, ongoing, never-ending sort of descent, and I think the fact that it is an the whole movie is his descent makes perfect sense because it just yeah. gets worse and worse. Uh, I can yeah. almost smell this movie. Yeah. That's not even the half yeah. of it, but I'm just watching it going. So, uh, Hieronymus Bosch, that's basically you're, you're doing a stop motion version of his triptych, uh, about hell. I mean, it's just, that's literally the vibe that I felt off of this thing. But it, again, I don't feel like it needed to actually exist. Because I just felt, ugh, I felt gross, but here's, I kept watching. Here's the problem. It, here's, here's the problem. It doesn't stop. It's like yeah. they could have, if they had broken this up into, let's say, 32 short films that you can watch all together or in segments, mm. like like a, um, yeah. what was that, liquid television. If this exactly. had been a liquid exactly. television ongoing thing. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Wonderful. I would be into like this little bit of bits. But there's no break at I will, all, I will and that's up, what hurts. Yeah, I will one up you. But basically, uh, after about fifteen or twenty minutes of this never-ending degradation that they were showing us in really cool stop-motion animation, uh, I just thought, man, I could just watch the the video for Tool's song "Sober" and be done. That's like the same vibe. It's like five minutes, you're done, uh. but it's the same thing. It's just ugh, ugh. So yeah, yeah. And, and that's the disappointing thing. I was looking for, you know, I mean, okay, so I'll, I'll cop to, you know, there was a period of a few years, uh, long before the statute of limitations ran out, um, where I, you know, I had done some acid. And this is a movie for people on acid. This is a movie oh, for people to watch on acid and, like, lose their shit in the same way, like, The Wall was. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that the Tetsuo wall had the a Iron point, Man. And, exactly, and exactly. a narr- yeah, or yeah, eraser head. Like, but, but yeah, it it's very much in that vein, and and having had the experience of ooh, you know, really getting into the dark, dark darkness, or some of those like early '90s Nine Inch Nails videos, even, um, it was like, okay, this is that, but on a on a grand scale, except. You know, maybe you don't want it on a grand scale, and also I'm not on acid, and so yeah, exactly, you know, and it's the the wonder part is gone. But yeah, boy, yeah, if if you're an acid person, well, maybe watch it. Well, yeah, but good which luck is, staying sane. Which I'm glad uh. you brought that up, and then Eric <laughs> piped in with Tetsuo because that's basically uh, my viewings of Tetsuo back 30 years ago were uh, chemically enhanced, shall we say. And that's the only mm. way you can watch that movie. I feel like that's really going to be the only way that this movie gets any sort of audience. That would find some sort of that would have been that would have been an interesting movie to watch. Chemically enhanced. I was fucking high. I don't oh. know, you know, but but chemically enhanced might be interesting. You don't consider that chemically enhanced <laughs> being high? <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was, I was being snarky about your euphemism. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Sorry, my verbal loose has been uh, cranked up. Acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> reference to the Dick. previous show. Um, so, yeah, like, how far did you get, Eric? You said you got about 13 minutes or so in. Okay. 
at 13 minutes, I had to like go take a shower. It was just, (laughs) and then I I came back. I'm like, all right, let's keep going. And so I put in another 10 minutes and then I was like, and And so then I just started fast forwarding. I was like, okay, new shit. Okay. New shit. Okay. And so I got to the point. Okay. Explain this to me. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, So in this film, uh, the assassin is a character Uh who, who is descending in a diving bell into what is presumably hell and he's going down and down and down and down and he keeps seeing awfuler and awfuler shit as he goes i keep tracking it until he is in a truck that is driving down a circular downward square shaped spiral Mm -hmm. and that's the last appearance he makes in the film and i'm like wait what happened to what are they abandoning this story thing altogether and then it turns into this mad scientist who's squooshing these cute uh, uh, baby-like monsters to make obelisks that explode and form the universe, I think. So, I'm not sure. So you missed the whole, like, surgery scene with the, the assa- like, when the assassin gets caught? Because there's two assassins. Like, the, the oh, one you that saw was the, him. The one you saw in the truck was, like, the second one they throw, threw down to set the bomb or something to destroy hell or something. I'm still ah, not entirely okay. sure what the hell it's about. But there's that whole sequence where they put him on the surgery table and just squish and cut and remove viscera. And it's just so sound designed with an inch of its life to make it so over the top gross. Uh, and it just goes mm-hmm. on and on and on and on and on. And then finally they pull out this weird hairy worm looking thing that cries like a baby. And then... Okay, see, I did get to that part. Yeah. I just didn't know that that was the assassin. Yeah. It's just... Ugh. None of it made any sense to me as a narrative at all. So when you when you have that kind of thing going on, it's very easy for your audience to just tune it out. And that's kind of what I did. I'm like, I don't understand his themes. I don't really care. I'm just going to watch the visuals. And that's when I started thinking, I could put on Tool right now and I wouldn't lose a thing. I could just turn off the sound and just watch this to like... Probably be better. Yeah. Because so much of what's going on in this aesthetically is to just make you feel uneasy and and queasy and gross and the sound design is like what if the exorcist but like we played you know all of the tracks at once like at all times right like it's 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 super annoying so yeah why not i mean yeah (laughs) play music instead so did you finish it brian did you or how far did you oh no no so so here's the thing right like i i got home last night and you know we record two shows in a sitting uh you know peeking behind the curtain here and i hadn't watched either yet and so i still needed to watch spiderhead which i did and and then you guys were basically like saying yeah don't bother watching the whole thing so i i watched clips and i watched reviews and i watched behind the scenes <laughs> stuff and i didn't actually watch it oh, so oops, you see, lucky you know bastard. this was my topic you lucky bastard <laughs> I, because uh, by the end, basically, God knows I've done that to you guys enough times. Yeah, but, but this is the first time I think one of us has done it to ourselves. Like I was close on Spiderhead, but I think this is the first time <laughs> that someone right. like brought up a movie and was almost enthusiastic about it based on all of the marketing, and then <laughs> just said, "Oh, fuck certainly this. intrigued." <laughs> fuck this, right? Like that backstory was intriguing. Stop motion animation is intriguing. Yeah, anything that reminds me of what chemically enhanced movies were like yeah. is intriguing. Well, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the reviews I mean, are like, "This is visually amazing and it's really a slog." Yeah, and that sounds I like agree. what you're saying. Too. I agree. I agree. It's definitely yeah. like Eric was saying. It needed to be it chopped up into parts. Yeah, it definitely was something that would have played well on liquid television back in the day. I will agree with that sentiment. Because by the end... I you- think at some point they must have said, how can we make this like officially suck? And yeah, someone said, yeah. let's get Alex Cox right? to be in it. Everything he does sucks. And so he has a bit part <laughs> yeah. here somewhere. I mean, apart from Repo Man and maybe Walker, like every other thing he's been involved with has just been terrible. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I saw him show up and then they were, I don't even understand. But by the end of the film, it's like they do the whole thing where the, the, the baby has been crushed and uh, pummeled and turned into liquid and then formed into little ingots. And then those get launched into space and then somehow formulate a new society that just starts the whole cycle all over again. It's almost this weirdly 
Nietzschean nihilistic 2001 reference kind of kind of but it's like basically yeah you're telling me phil tippett that that we're all doomed to just repeat this bullshit over and over and over i'm like that's the most depressing fucking thing i've ever seen today and actually i took from it that like basically all of us like all everything that we are and everything that exists is born from awfulness and shit yeah and it's like as bad as you think anything is don't worry it's supposed to be this awful because (laughs) we come from just it's just yeah yeah yeah, this nauseating hellscape i mean by the end i was so numb like i watched the credits roll and they're doing uh some classical xylophone music from a thing called gossenhauer by carl orff and it's just uh kind of a happyish almost sounding tune and it reminded me of the Hans Zimmer score for True Romance if that gives you any sort of connective tissue and then I thought what a mm-hmm. what a very strange music to put at the end to kind of suggest that somehow your ending is happy I'm like there's nothing happy about <laughs> your ending eat a dick I just know I'm angry at this point and maybe that's the point maybe they were celebrating the fact that it was over I guess but it's not like people have never made stop motion movies before. I mean, Isle of Dogs, that's an amazing, fun, charming movie that Wes Anderson did. I would watch that again in a heartbeat. But this just seems like we've got all these tools. Let's do something that looks interesting. And it's just all tied together by weird sinew that doesn't have any real purpose. It's yeah. Like, well, I mean, if, again, think about it. Phil Tippett, right? We're talking... Jurassic Park, yeah. Star Wars, uh, Starship Troopers. We're talking big Hollywood movies. So, like, this is his outlet. This is like, yeah. and for that matter, stop motion, right? He, this is like, this is everything they won't let me do. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I guess, but uh, just have a narrative of some kind. That's just all yeah. I ask. If you're going to put people through this sort of grinder, at least have a narrative. What, what was that other animated film that took, like, decades to finish like i want to say the prince or something like that it was a 70s thing oh i have no idea i don't know um hmm. kind of kind of reminds me of that project is it's just yeah okay well whatever bad bad aside nobody knows what i'm talking about i mean this Um, this definitely felt like a cautionary tale against something like yodorovsky's dune it's like you see the shit that he was going to do for that and it's like that movie would have been terrible it would have looked interesting but it would have been terrible that's kind of the the thing here it's just like just i think it goes back to like ian malcolm from jurassic park it's like just because they could doesn't mean they should that kind of a thing it's like you know (laughs) i appreciate the technical aspects of it and training new animators in the old school because i prefer that to the cgi nonsense that's too easy and too glossy i imagine they had like a a seventeen year old goth kid there, and they kept like every week they go, oh, what should we do do now? It's like, oh, why don't you just have like a bunch of monsters that get pummeled into shit? Cause yeah. that's all life is, boo. All right, sadness, we're doing that. You know, like there's just this one voice. There's now definitely a voice here, but it's it. a yeah, voice yeah. that needs to shut the fuck up. Or like, you know? <laughs> or like they're in the back room just smoking a doobie, just going, okay, wait, 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 dude, dude, dude. It's like, okay, we get this big monstrous, like bull-like thing, but his testicles have nipples and they squeeze milk out of them. Dude, dude, dude. I mean, that's kind of just the only reason that shit exists in this movie is because somebody thought, hey, let's just do this. I'm like, I don't need to see big swinging testicles with nipples on them. That just, no, just I mean, stop. That was the other thing that intrigued me is I'm, I'm, I'm interested in creature design, especially original, you know, visions. But right. yeah, it does have to be in service of something. Right. Right? Of some kind of narrative. Yeah. Otherwise, it it's can't a demo reel. Yeah. That's How many movies yeah, have we said sake. that about? It's a, a good demo reel, a but lot. it's not a movie. A lot. Yeah. Well, even, even when we uh, watched Dave Made a Maze recently, I mean, that's still a complete movie Same with thing. a story, but it, yeah. but yeah. But this is like, uh, I, th- just they were intentionally trying to be just out there and it just didn't work for me. Like, sometimes that's great, but you still have to have a story. Like, I thought of Fantastic Planet watching this. Like, that is a weird, mm-hmm. weird ass movie with a very distinct visual design, but it still has a story, you know? You can follow yeah. along. 
And without that sinew, it's just sort of, yeah, it's just random images that maybe look cool, but there's no purpose to them. I don't know. They so this is like me. the most 90s alternative indie film made in 2022 or yeah. something. It re- like it, it, it does have that kind of 90s, let's go all out, you know, fucked up edness. That that like I said, those nine inch nails videos and that that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Kids, kids, there was a time in this country where things were going so well that we made depressing shit on purpose. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. You don't see that anymore because now the world is actually depressing. But yeah, you know yeah. maybe that's just it. Maybe you like went, you, yeah. for escapism to escape reality, you went to depression. Yeah. Yes. I yes. think maybe for, that's it. Like, yeah, after like six years of all this Trump bullshit now. It's just, I'm just pummeled. I just don't want to see something this bleak. I mean, it's just not enter- yeah, yeah. not entertaining at all. And so, ugh. But I think it's also why younger people have an easier time with sort of depressing, you know, uh, stories or entertainments. Because when you get older, you realize now reality is depressing. Yeah. The whole the whole point of the point of existence is to hate it. Yeah. I mean, just I can't wait for this shit to be over. <laughs> and so I'm not going to want to watch a movie about it. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, what this did remind me of, and this was a, a good memory, I guess. Uh, but it's like back in the early '90s, so like '93 ish, I guess. Uh, the Butthole Surfers did a tour for. I guess it was independent worm saloon was the album out, but their stage show is so ridiculous because it was at Mesa amphitheater and they've got like uh big screens in the background and they just through the course of the show while they're playing their music, they're just showing all these like random public domain vivisection movies. That's, (laughs) that's what this mad God reminded me of. And so it's just like, there's no purpose to it. It's just to make you weirded out. And so have at it you know that's what this one reminded me of the physical embodiment of just vivisection movies being shown at a concert i mean ugh, please yeah i mean you tell me that story and i think wow the butthole surfers hate their audience and then with with just thinking that words hate their audience this movie makes sense <laughs> exactly yep are you are you but we love our audience <sighs> just yeah we would here it comes i would warn you away from this movie well, at all costs yes we love our audience, and we all agree that, that you know this isn't entertaining, and we all can't wait for it to be over. So let's end it. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> and at, at the end of every show, I usually say things like, hey, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with social, on your social media with your friends. Uh, rate us on iTunes, and then if you want to reach out and, and, and tell us what miserable old fucks we are, uh, go to our website maghuge.com m-a-g-h-u-g-e.com there you can find a link to our twitter which we're at maghuge or our instagram or facebook or you can email us uh, magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com because the future is bleak and so are we and so let's do another podcast in a week shall we hey hey guys, All right. hey guys yeah I got this idea for a stop motion movie would you be interested no <laughs> yes oh damn it Brian had the right answer <laughs> Eric, oh, I wanted to hear what your your idea was. No, but, okay, did yeah, not okay. make one. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome.